If you thought last week was rough, man, just look at your Yahoo schedule for this week. The amount of bye weeks we have going on is ridiculous. On top of all the injuries that we have, it is absolutely rough. Of course, everybody, my name is Natter alongside the number one Australian analyst, Sheehan. How are you doing over there? I'm good, man. It really is bipocalypse this week, as you say, with all these injuries. I looked at some of my uh, preliminary starting lineups and... Yeah, I don't feel comfortable with a lot of the decisions I've had to make, but that kind of sums up my life to a degree. You know, that's, you know, I don't really know how to respond to that. Is that like confidence <laughs> building or like, 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 is that good? Just feel like Mr. Bean just stumbling from one disaster to another this fantasy season. Yeah, right now, every single time I feel like I got my fantasy lineup and my fantasy team absolutely situated, good to go, I get hit with another curveball that really th- puts me through a loop. I know in one league I, I spent, um, a good part of the draft, make sure to maximizing my risk during bye weeks. So when I took running backs, I took running backs with different bye weeks. And I thought I was a genius for it. Turns out they all got hurt. So it doesn't matter anymore. I uh, I played around with it a bit this year. I don't do a lot of redraft leagues year on year. But in one of them, I did try and stack my bye weeks. So I would, you know, you, you give up the undefeated season in lieu of a week or two of pain as opposed to sort of an eight week stretch of pain. You know what? Still sucking that league too. It happens that way. You know, sometimes I try to tell myself not all hits can be home runs, but, you know. Yep. Um, sometimes, you know, it'd be that way sometimes, but lately it feels that way all the time. So and we had a fun weekend of games. We had a lot of, actually, we didn't really have that many missed field goals. That's usually kind of one of the stuff I look forward to. And, you know, we had Jacksonville. We He hit that curveball. I don't know how that went into the uprights to tie the game, but he did. And it was phenomenal. And he looked really happy. And I felt a little bit of a happiness for him. So congratulations to him. Uh, we saw Josh Allen with four down linemen get blown up. <laughs> when You know, I, I tried doing the math because in so so this is going to lead into a different topic of group chats, uh, especially during games. And they were all saying how stupid that call was. But if you look at the replay, there's four defensive linemen there, five offensive linemen. Of course, you know, mathematically that says, hey, you got a pretty good chance of gaining that one half inch. And, you know, I know a lot about half inches and it's not that long. <laughs> so you would anticipate Josh Allen to get that half inch. And, um, you know, unfortunately, my math sometimes isn't always correct. And uh, Josh Allen, of course, slips, falling, and uh, doesn't pick that up. So, uh, of course, in this episode, we're going to be talking about our justifiable overreactions. I typically don't like talking about buy low, sell highs. But right now, a lot of people are worrying. You know, group chats are moving. And this is take advantage season right here. This is where you dip your investments. You know, you buy the dips. And you cash out, especially for later on in the year. But first, real fast, I want to remind everybody to be sure that you're following the Sleeper Wire show on Twitter. That way you get updates whenever an episode, whether it's, of course, us, Dynasty Wire, the Mail Sack, or any type of phenomenal articles that come out later on in the week. Of course, if you want your one-stop shop for all news and updates, that would probably be the best place to go. But Shane, did you have any fun? entertainment excitement stories that happened on over the weekend before i start rambling again uh not really this week um 
I had to start, I had to choose between Chris Evans and Dimitrik Felton in one of my leagues as a my RB2 to start, and I chose the wrong way, particularly after Evans had caught that sort of 24-yard touchdown very early on in the game. Uh, we talked about the Jags and that horrible knuckleball that their kicker hit and it somehow went through, and mm-hmm. I was very happy for them. I was happy that I didn't need to uh, make up the the couch bed here for Urban Meyer. I was worried that he might get get a bit handsy with some of my loved ones, and um, I'm, I'm glad we avoided that. I still think his tenure's coming to an end uh, sooner rather than later. And I think maybe the most disappointing but sort of point and laugh in a kind of cringy way news was just uh, Sean Taylor's jersey number retirement by the Washington football team hastily thrown together to distract from all the crap that's going on there they took a photo in front of Portaloos uh the owner was wearing a hoodie they kind of did it all to the VIPs like uh, I don't know fuck Dan Schneider basically yeah I think you wrapped it up pretty well like I think those are yeah. three words that everybody could agree on in a in a more fantasy relevant story I guess it, it, this happened yesterday uh which call it? So, in one of my leagues with a bunch of you know mates, and you see, I used the British word there for you. I, did you like that? Yeah, I, thank I you, did. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, how did it, you it feel? Was, it feel pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I like I like the word mate, mate, mate. Like it can be used a lot of different ways. Yep, you could use it like aggressive and like friendly. That's certainly how you would use it. You know, in my native native homeland of Australia, you'd give uh-huh. someone sort of a pointed mate. Uh-huh. Like a listen here, buddy. Listen here, yeah, pal. Exactly. See. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So one, I'm proud of myself. I'm uh, pat myself on the back for that one. But they they went into Monday night with the tie tie game, and of course there was a four point per passing touchdown league. And he one person had just, uh, Josh Allen, and the other person put in Cole Beasley last second. He just swapped in Cole Beasley, and they were tied to go into it. So. Every single time Cole Beasley catches a pass, you know, of course, the half point PPR. And of course, you know, every single time you get to get, you know, catch that pass, he's going to eclipse Josh Allen stats for throwing the ball. So it, it kept coming neck and neck, neck and neck. Every pass completion, he catches up. Josh Allen throws and it just happens to be to Cole Beasley. And then it, it, the, their points just kept matching every single drive. And, you know, of course, it started lining up our group chat. We started monitoring it. I dropped everything to watch that, uh, to watch that matchup <laughs> because it, it was entertaining. It was one of those last second entertaining matchups that you're not really sure how it's going to go. And then, of course, at the end of the game, Cole Beasley, he caught a pass and got tackled on the half inch yard. At that point, if he was to score, I think the Cole Beasley owner would have won. But I, we thought, OK, that means Devin Singletary is going to rush it in. You know, it's going to be anticlimactic. But then now all of a sudden a play action pass from Josh Allen throwing it to the tight end. And then all of a sudden, I think that was all she wrote. Especially because Kobe, he, he caught a couple more passes, but you know it wasn't enough to to catch up into that moment. And uh, I think the Josh Allen owner ended up winning by I think a point and a half. I'd have to double check at this point, but it was one of those little you know ye, I don't really know how it happened, but it was extremely entertaining. Yeah, I mean that you love to see it when you're mm-hmm. not involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, in the similar situation that I was in. Uh, I, Every player I needed to do well shot the bed. And Josh Allen played well and, and you know, just another another L in that column for me. <laughs> it does. And especially, like you mentioned, it's always nice when it doesn't have to deal with you because I was sitting there because my team put up 175 points. So I felt pretty good. Anyway, so let's start off with... <laughs> so let's start off with Sheehan, you on the floor, and our justifiable overreactions. Yeah, we... Uh... 
still waiting for a guest to come on so we can mix up this segment, but um, I think we both like this one. So, start off with no player has a larger gap in value between their on-field performance and fantasy production than Jalen Hurts. No, that's 100% correct. Yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And we spoke a couple of weeks ago, I threw out uh, in this segment that we needed to review potentially taxing quarterback running yards as a... Uh, as a fantasy community. And I think this is another argument potentially for it. I think we'll both came down the side of, eh, it feels like too much effort. But these are the sort of seasons that start to push, I guess, movements uh, more in that direction. Mm-hmm. Now, if you remember Blake Bortles being, of course, you know, one of the lower end quarterbacks, but being one of the best fantasy quarterbacks due to just the garbage time points he could put up. Uh, th- I think this is kind of one of those situations. Of course, I remember Blake Bortles. I live in London. He is the king of London. He used to come here, ball out every year. I've been to live games where he did blind turns around people with basically no one there. He kicked the ball into the stands. I have a Blake Bortles jersey. That's how much we love the Bortler over here in London. And I think the NFL is poorer for him not being around. You're 100% correct. Um, that was the season where he just kept throwing to uh, the two Allens, wasn't it? Hearns and Robinson. Yeah, I think I you think would be correct. 10 plus you... touchdowns, yeah. Yeah, I think you're correct. Mm. Right, number two, Baker Mayfield should sit out this week given the Browns' other injuries and get himself right for the coming weeks. While that is the most logical solution, I don't think it'll happen. I think somebody like Baker, he's a gamer. He wants to be in there. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I, I suppose the thing is, the only thing he's going to do this week is just do more damage to himself, potentially put himself out for longer. They've said that he will need surgery. He just doesn't need it in season. So I guess that's good news. But with Nick Chubb out, Kareem Hunt out, you know, you would like the league's best running games, arguably, to be there when your quarterback can't throw. But uh, I can see him doing himself a bit of an injury. So maybe if you are, uh, have Baker on your roster, it's time to just kick the tires on Case Keenum, maybe. <laughs> I hope you don't have to come to that. I, I hope so, too. I, I mean, Baker's not much of a fantasy quarterback, but you never know. What else we got? Cam Newton will be a QB1 if he signs with Seattle. Also, his Superman hat is fucking stupid. I mean, while his hat is 100% stupid, which is a justifiable overreaction, I think Cam Newton will be QB1 if he signs with Seattle. I think that is just an overreaction. I don't think that's justifiable. I'd be interested to see, because obviously they're built as a downfield team, and his arm isn't really there anymore to see how he would go, but we know he can run the ball. I, I'd like to see him back in the league. I, you know, New England or not, I was always a fan of Cam Newton. I, um, I'd like to see him back. And in case you missed out on this hat, it's sort of a uh, Superman blue with a red hat band and covered in kind of Superman decals. You can also get a grey one with a uh, Clark Kent press pass, because nothing says Superman like wearing your name on your hat. So rush out and get one of those. I think they're 750 bucks each. So that's, that's no small change. There's no, there is nothing. I'd rather burn my money than buy that. Yeah, I think so too. And it's sort of your classic Cam Newton flat brim fedora, sort of a milady style uh, setup. Finally, our last one for tonight, Miami will have Deshaun Watson under center and a new head coach on the sidelines to start 2022. I really liked Flores. I really liked Miami's head coach. Coming into the season, I thought he was been doing some great things, but I don't think he is the head coach that is needed to take the team to the next step. I think this is a justifiable overreaction. I really like Flores as well, and I think maybe, well, he's been dealt a good hand, or in fact, Miami have, have earned themselves a good hand, particularly at the draft table, and just used it fairly poorly. In saying that, I thought uh, both Waddle and Tua looked pretty good on the weekend. 
for a team that should be pushing for the playoffs, they're pretty disappointing. And he just lost to the Jags. Yeah, the defense, disappointing. Offense, it's not the worst in the world. Still, I want to say it's a little bit below par. They used to be a very solid running team. They can't really get the running game going. I feel like Tua should not be throwing that many passes per game, even though he's playing pretty decent at the level. But, I mean, of course, it was the Jaguars he went out against. Yeah, I, uh, I'll i be interested to see how his season ends up. But on the plus side, Mike Kosicki playing well. Yes, yes, sir. Right, so I understand that we have an old favorite segment coming back so Mm -hmm. please after a few weeks off give us some wise words of wisdom so want to sue somebody but just don't have the money to sue them get arrested your miranda rights make sure that you're granted one free lawyer you're welcome yeah uh, we don't condone committing crimes on this podcast yeah Uh, yeah correct correct also i don't uh yeah you are (laughs) you do (laughs) i always feel of uh uh feel or think of that 21 Jump Street with the, uh, you do have a right to be an attorney uh, when he's trying to run through his Miranda rights there. Yeah, I um, I think there's probably easy ways to get a lawyer. Uh, you can also represent yourself in civil court, um, as we see on, on these programs like Judge Judy, Judge Joe Brown, Judge Reinhold, uh, all of those shows. So, you know, I know Amer- America's a litigious country, but don't, don't represent yourself in civil court, but not in criminal court. That's what I always say. You know, I hope you never have to do either. Uh, so, I'm not going to argue about I've I've written written a submission to a judge before, but I didn't appear before one. So why? There you go. I was arrested for drink driving many, many, many years ago. <laughs> so yeah, le- learned my lesson uh, very much so, and uh, now don't even drive. So there you go. Alrighty, we're moving on from that. So let's talk about some <laughs> buy low. I was talking about some sell highs. Of course, Sheehan was kind what enough. What were you hoping there? That I was like, yeah, because so I murdered someone. Or No, I, I, you, well, the problem is, is when you said I wrote to a judge, I thought you wrote like a friendly letter or something like, hi, how you doing? Uh, I didn't have a pen pal. No, I, uh, I wrote a legal <laughs> submission to a judge. Uh, I, I thought maybe you were like, oh, that person did me dirty and I'd like to sue him. And the judge was like, nah, I don't feel like seeing that case. No. Past, past judgment. Dear uh, Judge Lance Ito, big fan of your work. I mean... I don't I don't know. I don't know how it works. You know, the worst thing I've ever done, I think, was maybe stay out past my bedtime. So, you know, it's, yeah. to know to know past that, I don't, I don't know. Sorry. No, that's fair. All right. <laughs> so, buy low, sell high. Of course, Sheen was kind enough to bring us a nice, thoughtful list of writing down a letter of players that we could buy low and some players that we might want to sell high and grab especially what we can for their respective values. And of course, I got my trade market calculator or trade market value right in front of me. We'll go over some trades, including those players that have already happened, and then we can decide if we would or would not go for that trade. So, Shane, give me the first person on the list. Yeah, so the first one, we'll start with the buy lows. My first one on the list is James Connor. Now, Connor's an interesting one, and you could probably, two weeks ago, you could have classed him potentially as a sell high, but what we've seen is he's taken over that backfield. Um, he's coming off two down weeks. He's still outperforming his draft capital, and as far as I'm concerned, you want every part of that Cardinals offense. They lean on him uh, in the red zone, and as I say, uh, he's outperforming his draft capital comfortably there. Now, Chase Edmonds dealing with a shoulder injury, so we might start to see more in the passing game. Connor, that is. And uh, he's basically displaced Kyler Murray, who is one of the most effective uh, running backs close to goal anyway. I like James Connor. I know a lot of zero RBers 
have a lot of shares of James Conner. What's up, Hoos? How you doing? Uh, I, I don't mind it at all. He is the lead back when it comes to carrying the football for Arizona. And he has always been the bell cow, if you want to quote-unquote call it a bad cow, bell cow, to make sure that he always has some type of floor when it comes to the Cardinals' offense. So in front of me, I have a trade that went down today. These are these all happened today, by the way. So none of these happened a couple weeks ago, before the season, and all that good stuff. So right now, trade went down. James Conner, Kenny Galladay for A.J. Brown. Would you do it? No, I want A.J. Brown. You want A.J. Brown? You would rather have A.J. Brown other than James Conner and Kenny Galladay. Okay. I think I agree. Yeah. I like the deal for the person who's getting AJ Brown. I think that's a good like two two for one deal to be on to be on that side of. Yes, I'm going to agree. I think what while Kenny Galladay is a beast, I I'm just I'm just not I think it's an overpay. I, I think don't you like could've him. got Connor and maybe like a Tim Patrick for AJ Brown. I'd and rather have Tim Patrick. I'd rather have Tim Patrick than Kenny Galladay right now. Even with uh, Jerry Judy about to come back? A little bit. I don't know. Kenny Galladay just does not fill me with confidence right now. No, absolutely not. Yeah, And it appears as though uh, the Giants of maybe John Mara, this is his payback for bringing in all this taunting shit that the Giants just cannot stay fit this year. AJ Brown's just really good. And this was a horrible matchup for him. We talked about this last week where it's like, you know, he's J.J. Brown's kind of like that person right now against the Buffalo Bills where you're starting him regardless, but you really don't want to start him. And it looked that way for the first half. He had zero. He had one target, zero receptions, zero yards, zero fantasy points. And then all of a sudden he kind of blew up for uh, 75 yards in the second half. I was going to say, I think it was eight of nine for 89. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere around there. And then, you know, all of a sudden he rescued and saved his fantasy day and could have had a touchdown if Tannehill didn't completely overthrow him. But, of course, uh, I'm going to have to agree. While I don't think it's a bad trade, if you are getting rid of A.J. Brown, I do not mind you getting James Conner and Kelly Galladay. I don't mind it. Because chances are you need depth. Maybe you have a lot of injuries. And you kind of need to yeah, gather yourself some startable a, pieces. Of course, it's not an unreasonable this week trade. you're going to have a lot of bye weeks. You need to fill in your roster. You need to actually have startable players. I can get over this. I feel like you probably, I feel like you probably could have gotten somebody better than Kenny Galladay, but I don't mind the trade at all. Running backs are expensive, so I mean, chances are you're gonna have to give up a pretty penny to get a James Conner right now. Yeah, well, I suppose he's he's a buy low, aren't he? So it's kind of, if we look at that deal, the flip side, that would be, I guess, buying low on James Conner. I, I don't think it's a horrible deal in either direction. No, no. It's one of those deals I can get over. I feel, I feel like it's pretty even, fairly fair. Personally, what, I still would else, rather have AJ Brown. What else you got for me for uh, Connor trades today? Um, I think this one's troll, but I see James Connor for Ezekiel Elliott. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that one's that's, probably troll. That's leave that league. There's collusion happening there. Yeah. Um, let's see. James. Oh, this was an interesting one. James Connor and Tyreek Hill. Hmm. For Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. Ooh. I really like that deal for the Diggs-Allen. I don't mind that deal. If you can stack Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, that's a scary team to go against. Spoiler alert for when we talk wide receivers. I've got Diggs as one of my buy lows in there. Um, so we'll talk about more when it comes to it. I think that's a really good deal. That's okay. a like a league-winning deal. So which one would you rather? You would rather have Stefan Diggs Josh Allen. 
I think so, yeah. I love Tyreek Hill, but I think that's a really good business. Okay, so let's see. I'm trying. I'm trying to do so when I when I talk trades, I try to also match their ADP with the current value that they currently have. So I mean, right now I'm looking at it. Stefan Diggs had an ADP of the second round. Josh Allen has an ADP of the, about. It was roughly around the fourth round. So they're both playing. Well, Stefan Diggs is a little bit underwhelming. I would say right now he's probably playing to a third to fourth round value, which realistically isn't that much. Tyreek Hill, he's playing to his respective value. James Conner, he's overperformed, like you mentioned. I think this is a pretty even trade. Yeah, well, it's essentially a top six wide receiver for top six wide receiver. Theoretically. Yeah. Or say, let's say top 12 wide receiver in Diggs for a top six wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. Top six quarterback in Josh Allen for maybe a top 18 running back in James Conner. Top eighteen, yeah, that's that's fair. And uh, you you said you'd rather be on Stefan Diggs, yep. Josh Downside. Okay, give me that fat stack. Yeah, that stack looks really nice. I would pay a lot for that stack. Mm. Okay, right. so but but to be fair, James Conner and Tyreek Hill receiving them. There's nothing wrong with that. That, that this is you know this is the most fair trade I've seen in a while. Yeah, it's a really good deal. Yeah, I good like deal this for both one. Sides. Yeah, I like this one a lot. All right, uh, that that that's a sign of a healthy league right there. All right, so see, here's another one: Stefan Diggs and Nick Chubb, James Conner, Marquise Brown, DK Metcalf. I know we usually have the if you receive more players than you give away deal, it's a bad deal. Uh-huh. I like the three side of this one. Yeah, I mean, right now Nick Chubb he has a calf injury. Calf injuries linger, and calf injuries do linger, and they're always misleading because first they, they go, Oh, you know, they're limited. Oh, they're just going to sit out this week. Oh, they're sitting out another week as insurance. And then all of a sudden it just becomes a reoccurring thing until all of a sudden they're out five, six, seven weeks. And you're not really sure what happened in your season. The calf is a slow healing part of the body, but it's quick to re injure. Um, and if, you know, I'm not comparing myself to these elite athletes, but I absolutely am about to, when I tore my calf earlier this year, I still struggle if I'm going to the gym or um, playing sport on like worrying about it every time I run. Like you start to feel it and you go, oh, is this going to be curtains? Like you want your running back hitting the hole with confidence and a calf injury doesn't help that. No, no. So let's see. I mean, G- give me one more and then we'll talk about uh, the next buy logo. All righty. Daryl Williams, Noah Fan. Unfortunately, these are a lot of package deals. Right now, there's not there's no one-for-one one going right now that I think is completely fair and worth talking about. So right now, I'm just kind of going over package deals. Uh, so Daryl Williams and Noah Fant for James Conner, Tim Patrick, and Marquise Brown. I want Daryl... Uh, did you say Daryl Williams? Daryl Williams, Kansas City running back. Noah Fant for James Conner, Marquise Brown, and... Tim Patrick. You know what? I want the Connor and Marquise Brown side of that deal. I think they're the two best players in that deal. Yes, I'm going to agree. And Daryl Williams, while he does have starting role right now, he won't have it later on in the year. James Connor probably has his role later on in the year, and so does Marquise Brown. I'm going to agree with you. This is another one of those cases where you could drop Tim Patrick and then it becomes a two for two. And realistically, I would do James Connor and Marquise Brown for Daryl Williams and Noah Fan. I would do that also. So, and, um, Tim Patrick, he's just kind of like a throw-in, I feel like, at that point. My issue with trading for tight ends is that once you trade for a tight end, that tight end is in your starting lineup, whether he has a good matchup or not. Exactly. 
Um, so unless you are trading for the elite of the elite, nah, forget about it. Forget about it. All right, so let's let's move on to another buy low. Yeah, so my other buy low here is Josh Jacobs, who I think is unsexy but productive. He's got a bit of a stink on him just in general, uh, but there's sort of additional stink around the Raiders at the moment. I think that's something you could capitalize on as a buy low. He's currently averaging 3.3 yards per carry, which could be another reason why the... Uh, the person with him on uh, his roster wants to get out, or they want to get out from under him. And the the good news is the Raiders play one top half run, de, uh, run defense between now and week 15, and that is the 15th ranked uh, Dallas Cowboys. So they have a, a really nice run here. And uh, I, I've always been a, a Josh Jacobs fan. I think there is, I think he's underproducing for the situation and talent that he has. All right, so I like this one. I like this one a lot. And real fast, I want to go on a mini rant. You know I'm good for one rant. And I want, to, I want to discuss trading with people and how to go about it in a proper way. That way you don't insult the other person you're trading against. And this happens a lot to me. So what happens is, you know, we'll, we'll have a, either a text conversation or he'll send me a message on Yahoo. And he'll give me the negatives on the player on why he's trading for so, you know, he'll be like, oh, why, why do you value Josh Jacobs so high? He only averages 3.3 yards per carry. And obviously, my immediate response is going to be, well, why do you want him then if he's this bad? So I think, I think insulting the player that you're trying to go after is unideal. And I want you, I know he's averaging 3.3 yards per carry, which is not ideal. But if you tell the person that he averages 3.3 yards per carry, in a way to potentially mentally lower the value that that owner has of that player. I feel like you're going about it the wrong way. And obviously now I just have a sour taste in my mouth for you, making it that I'm not going to want to trade for you, trade with you, mostly in spite of you. So I, I feel like people need to be a little bit more respective and understanding on how to go about trades because some people do it so aggressively in a way that's like, how do you not like my trade offer? Like somebody in a dynasty league, in a dynasty league, somebody offered me a uh, Kirk Cousins for Josh Jacobs, and he sat there confused why I said no. <laughs> yeah, I think you sort of in a in a tangential sense kind of hit the nail on the head. I'm a I'm a really bad trader when it comes to uh, to fantasy football. I I don't trade all that much, not for any real reason i just don't do it um and i I think well maybe part of that reason is because people say and this is what you said you're trading against someone you should be trading with people like the idea of a trade is that it's a mutually beneficial decision you should try to win every trade but it's okay to cop an l on a trade particularly in a dynasty league where you're playing with guys year on year cop an l in a trade to try and win one uh later in later in the year you know it's about mutual satisfaction. It is the sort of soisson nerf of the fantasy community, if you like, to use a, a a nice blue metaphor for you there. And this is the problem, is everyone's always trying to, uh, to dick the other person over when, mm. you know, just work, work together. And like you say, Nada, why, why are you disparaging these players if you want to acquire them? Like, you're going to have a fair idea of the value. The idea is finding finding the arbitrages or the yeah the arbitrages in the value find those gaps in the value rather than telling someone their players are shit and then saying but i'll take them off your hands like that's that's a bad 
fantasy league member. We've all got those in our leagues. I certainly do. And I beat him in two of them this week. And I'm sure it feels great. Yeah. It's, it's one of those times okay. where you have to yeah, you have to send like a meme in the group chat. Just say, hey, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I, for, for everyone's reference, a trading happens very rarely. And you know it, it doesn't happen often to the point where I'm looking at my Yahoo lineups and then all of a sudden, you know, you get the little notification, oh, you know, a trade is pending and then you review it. That, that never happens. I'm in about 10 of them this year. I think I've seen one trade go down and it was for uh, DK Metcalf and the other person gave away Miles Sanders, not Miles Sanders, sorry, uh, Gaskin and Claypool, which I, I thought to myself, eh, that's pretty fair. That's a fair trade. Yeah. And right now I'm, I'm seeing offers for the stupidest thing ever. Somebody offered me Kareem Hunt for uh, DeAndre Swift this morning. So, I mean, obviously Kareem Hunt's on the IR. And uh, all of a sudden I'm supposed to go, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a fair trade. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. But th- this thing is there's people who are always trying to uh, always trying to get one over and think that they know something you don't. And obviously we know a lot of things that maybe they don't. Yeah. Anyway, nonetheless, let's have a look at some of these Josh Jacobs trades and see who's fleecing who. Alrighty, so this is interesting. I'm looking at this right now, and uh, this is fun. All right, so let's start off with Josh Jacobs straight up for Deontay Johnson. Josh Jacobs for Deontay Johnson. Yes. Um, give me Josh Jacobs. Give me Josh Jacobs as well. There's not. This is no slight on Deontay Johnson, but I'd rather have the no. RB than the wide receiver. Yep, normally I'm the other side, and I really like Deontay Johnson, but for me, it is Josh Jacobs. Yes, I'm going to agree on that one. So, Josh Jacobs, Jamar Chase. Ooh. This is tougher. This is tougher. This is tougher. I... Jamar Chase is in rare company at the moment. I want Jamar Chase. I... Jamar Chase... But I do I do want to heed a warning on Jamar Chase owners. Is that right now, Jamar Chase is putting up statistical numbers at ridiculous rate. And what I mean is, I think, let's see, Chris Hansen said on the Red Zone where he has the most 20 yards. <laughs> Why do just sit down for a minute? Yeah, this... <laughs> <laughs> he, he said that uh, Jamar Chase right now currently has the most receptions of 20 plus yards. I mean, when you're beating out the likes of like Tyreek Hill in those regards and those high-powered offenses, Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, and so on and so forth, I think it is a little bit of an eyebrow bra- eyebrow raiser of can he keep on doing this and keep he, can, or can he keep putting up these ridiculous receptions, ridiculous stat lines in order to support his high value right now? I'm a little skeptical. But I'm also confident that he can at this game time, which is why I think I would rather have Jamar Chase over Josh Jacobs. Chase is hard to project basically because of exactly what you said. He's got these long receptions, and that's taking away parts of the field where he could be productive anyway. It doesn't really matter in the scheme of things because he's scoring. Um, But if those plays suddenly end at 20 yards instead of him taking it to the house, we're not getting that data about how he's being used in those areas where he might potentially be used, whether it would be Chase, whether it would be Tyler Boyd, uh, whether it would be T. Higgins in situations close to the red zone. So uh, I don't think you're selling Chase in the same reason you're not selling, uh, you weren't selling uh, Justin Jefferson last year. I think he's potentially a league winner, and I, I think ride or die with Chase at this point. I'm not selling him for Jacobs. 
Alrighty. So Josh Jacobs for Adam Thielen. I like these. Yeah, trades. I'm gonna have to put. A, I'm gonna have to put away my personal biases here. I think it's Jacobs. I really like Thielen though. I know Thielen. He's so phenomenal. But Josh Jacobs, I th- when you, when you have equal value of a player, you go with the running back because they're harder to grab and harder to come by. So in this case, while it's not a bad trade, I feel like the person giving away the RB technically lost because he needs to be able to fill that running back slot. And it is very difficult to do that compared to filling up a wide receiver slot. Like right now, Corey Davis, I think he's owned in like 40% of leagues. You can pick him up right now probably and put him in your slot and feel pretty comfortable that he'll at least do something. But right now, running backs, it doesn't have that sort of confidence. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you when... We've seen how running backs go down injured. Give me, give me Jacobs here. Okay, so this one I think is a super flex league. Josh Jacobs for Matthew Stafford. I wanted I to include should, it because this deal's just, going down. They, oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I wanted to include this type of format just in case you know some other PA or some other people are playing this type of format. Gathered, mm. how does Josh Jacobs compare to a quarterback? I assume, well, I was going to say, I assume because this is the deal going down, this isn't RB2 for a QB2 on those teams. I don't think you'd do it the other way. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, we don't get I kind of don't mind it. I think, I'd, I, think I'd, I think Stafford gets you closer to winning your league than Jacobs. Because, I mean, you talked about the, the replacement value of a wide receiver. It's one of these things is where the, you can pick up a mid-tier wide receiver off the waiver wire, no problem. But finding an elite wide receiver elite quarterback just doesn't happen what you can do is if Jacobs got injured pick up Peyton Barber pick up Kenyon Drake off the waiver wire and they are probably startable for that period as we saw when Peyton Barber filled in for Josh Jacobs and, and, and you'd probably get similar production I, I'd i like this deal I'd like the Stafford side of it to super flex I would rather go with Stafford considering that offense just looks absolutely phenomenal right now uh, Kenyon yep. Drake, just for reference, is owned in 53% of the league. So there is half of a chance that you're able to come and pick him up. So this one's a, let's see, hold on. I saw one that was extremely interesting. Oh, yeah, this one right here. This is a, this is a league-changing trade right here. Oh, man, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor for Derrick Henry. I want JT and, jo- and Jacobs. Derrick Henry. That's it. He's Derrick Henry. It's that big I, girthy man right there. You, you, you give me Derrick Henry. I love Henry. Like it, it's so hard to go past him. But we're just talking about positional scarcity. JT has been excellent. Oh, has been um, underperforming for the workload that he's had. He had a really good game against Houston. I think we're going to see the best of him over the back half of the season. And obviously, we've been talking about Jacobs. So. I think this is a situation where both teams come out in front. Your roster looks better with Derrick Henry in it, and that's like a proper, oh, yeah, I got myself Derrick Henry. Yeah. But I think it's close to a wash, and if it was all to go tits up, give me the two over the one in this situation. It's Derrick Henry. He's so good. He's, he's, like, he's, he's good. He's unbelievable. He's and good. Like you, how can a man that big move that fast yeah and, and, the, and he, how, how can he just stiff arm grown men to the ground grown defensive linemen into the ground and 
and how dare he score three touchdowns and have a 79 yard run and I, I, he's good it's it's ridiculous you know you watch these players and go when's his four week enforced break coming up because there is no way that a, a human can move and play like he does it's ridiculous the problem is is that gives Derrick Henry a huge edge that used to be Christian McCaffrey's edge is that he doesn't get hurt. Mm. And no, Derrick he Henry, like, yeah, he does the hurting. And, you know, you can't get hurt if you're hurting. Well, I mean, I mean it depends what you want to talk about in that moment. <laughs> to, but still. Tell that to Muhammad Ali. Yeah. <laughs> right now, like, 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 people are so worried on trying to even tackle Derrick Henry. It's, it's not like they can hit him hard. It's not like they can give him a good shot. They're, they're busy. They're, they're just trying to bring him down. And it's not the same for somebody like Josh Jacobs, who's consistently battling ankle injuries. Or it's not the same as somebody like Alvin Kamara or Dalvin Cook, who always are on the injury list. Or it's somebody like Aaron Jones, who had his injuries last year. Or McCaffrey, who's been injured all year. Or now Josh Jacobs with an injured calf. They're different because Derrick Henry's just on a different level. Where where he, he's like Marshawn Lynch. where Marshawn Lynch on steroids, honestly. Where people are so focused on trying to bring him down that they're unable to hit him in a way that would get him injured if that makes sense i'm going to revive a segment from the off season really briefly and i'm going to call it uh-huh. unky sheen's would you rather and it's okay would you would you as you are now like to tackle derrick henry in the open field or stop aaron donald rushing the quarterback oh god that's a good one see i would like to tackle derrick henry in open field but i know that's not going to happen but can I? So, so see with Aaron Donald, right? Is is I could at least like put my hand up for like two seconds, right? I mean, and if if I could hold him for like half a second, that's already better than maybe half the offensive lineman in the league. So I feel like I'd be in like it wouldn't be as embarrassing. How about that? He's gonna pick you up, put his knee out, and give you I'm Gotham's reckoning, and then throw you down onto it. Yes, but see, that would take a couple seconds, and the quarterback better get his throw off in that couple seconds. I'm going to say, I mean, I think I'd have better chance of tackling Derrick Henry in the open field. I mean, it, it would need to be restricted. I'm not, I don't have the wheels to catch him up because I feel like my one chance is a perfectly timed ankle tap. If I could somehow just take him down like, uh, like the snow speeders bringing down the AT-ATs in The Empire Strikes Back, I think I have a better chance of that than, you know, it's essentially an ashtray on a motorcycle, me trying to stop uh, Aaron Donald. Anyway, that's by the by. Who who have you got to buy low? <laughs> Hold on, I'm still trying to think of that one. Hold on. All right, so, so, so somebody that I actually would like to receive on a buy low is somebody like actually Mark Davis. Because I know he's been super hyped up, and I know he has been a little bit underwhelming. Mike Davis, just in case I said it improperly. Is because he, he had one, he has been super healthy. And two, and I don't think this is talked about enough. He already had his bye week. So you are able to make sure or receive a running back that will be able to play as long as they're healthy for the rest of the year. There's no more worrying about bye weeks. Okay, I got to finesse my lineup. I got to switch it up. Okay, he is basically a set and forget flex at worst right now. And Mike Davis is going to be in my bio low. Yep, I don't slot. mind that. And we'll, we're going to come on to Cordero Patterson, surely, as a potential sell high. And I suppose if you believe in Cordero being a sell high, then you should believe in Mike Davis being a sell low. I don't mind it. A uh, buy low, sorry. There we go. So Mike Davis or DJ Moore? DJ Moore. 
DJ Moore. Yeah, it could be DJ Moore. Now, if you can get rid of Mike Davis and get DJ Moore, I think that'd be a phenomenal trade. But somebody else is thinking the same thing I am. So Mike Davis or Darnell Mooney? Darnell Mooney. He's leading Chicago in targets. Justin Fields loves him. Somehow, some way, yes. Okay, I'll agree with there. Uh, Mike Davis and the touchdownless Jacoby Myers versus uh, for Robert Woods. I want Davis and Myers there. Okay, I definitely do not disagree, but I definitely don't hurt. I I don't disagree with you, but that's I'd rather have buy, Robert Woods. That's a buy like low Robert on Woods, Woods and a sell high on Myers there. I think. Yeah, I would go there. Okay. Um, this one, this one is maybe dynasty, but Mike Davis for Rashad Bateman. Give me Davis. People are so high on Rashad Bateman. I loved Rashad Bateman. I know you don't like him, but it's my wide receiver too. No, not really. He's not going to be fantasy relevant this year, or at least I'd be very surprised if he was. Mark Andrews is there. He's playing well. Hollywood Brown is playing well. Devin Duvernay is playing well. I don't care that he got six targets. I don't care that he had four for 29. Zero interest in him this year. Let's see. Mike Davis or Emmanuel Sanders? This one's close. Uh, look, with Dawson Knox being injured, give me Manny Sanders. Yeah, I had Emmanuel Sanders in my sell high list, but now I feel like he needs to stay on your roster and in your he starting He was almost lineup. on my sell high list as well. All right, so last one, Mike Davis for Brandon Cooks. Cooks. All these people All right. who are trading Mike Davis for these with that. players, good work. Good yeah, job. Give yourself a pat on the back. But at the same time, at the same time, I would still like to have Mike Davis yes, on my I team. Would. I wouldn't give that much up. But that just goes to show you how invaluable running backs are and how their value skyrockets just because they are a running back. And sometimes people who have Nick Chubb, who have Christian McCaffrey, who have bad bye weeks, like right now, Austin Eckler, he's on a bye week. You got to make a move every so often. You need to grab yourself a running back. And sometimes people are willing to give up a little bit more than you'd like. But I I do want to tamper expectations when you are going for trade talks because a lot of the times your offers come out as completely insulting, especially when you start low. Like I understand you don't want to give your trade partner the best offer available because, you know, maybe he'll take the lower offer first. But, you know, you have to be careful that that low offer is so insulting that he's not even going to try to discuss a haggle up offer. You know, he just kind of leaves it there and says, yeah, all right, this isn't worth discussing anymore. Our values are too far yeah. apart. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I think that's where a lot of people struggle getting that initial offer. Before we move on to sell highs, can you do me do me a mitzvah here and look up uh, James Robinson? Because I think you'd be able to buy him lower than you should be able to at the moment. You know, and this is unfortunate. There are only two trades that happen with James Robinson today. I wish there were some one-for-ones, but no. So James Robinson and Justin Jefferson for Ezekiel Elliott uh, and CeeDee Lane. Yeah, that's- I would like James Robinson and Justin Jefferson. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. Because I want to separate them. I, while I don't think it's a bad idea to have a running back and a wide receiver on the same team in your starting lineup, if you could have basically the same value but on different teams, I think I would sh- lean towards that more. Yeah, diversify. While I, I don't mind going all in, I think diversifying, when you have the same value, if you had to give up value, if you had to say instead of Justin Jefferson, you're giving uh, like Adam Thielen, which is just like a notch lower or maybe a... Uh, Julio Jones, then no, I would rather have Zeke or CD Lamb. But when it's Justin Jefferson and he's elite in a you know top five wide receiver for fantasy, 
yep, you go with agreed. that option. So let's go over some sell highs. I know we're kind of getting on a little well, late. Say, how about we uh, we stick with running backs this week, and we'll have a look at uh, we'll have a look at wide receivers okay. next week. Uh, that's fair. I can get behind that. Yeah, that way we can spend spend a bit more time on some of these guys. Yeah. So my first sell high, as I teased earlier, called Errol Patterson. Uh, I'm worried that his efficiency, or as good as he's looking per touch at the moment, is a little bit unsustainable. He's had his numbers bolstered by three touchdowns against Washington a couple of weeks ago. And I'm wondering if maybe it's time now to cash him out for someone seemingly more reliable. You likely got him off the waiver wire. It didn't really cost you anything. So uh, why not cash him in for maybe maybe a DeAndre Swift or, or maybe a Josh Jacobs plus like we've just talked about? Uh, what, do you, what do you reckon? Well, I don't mind it. If you're on Yahoo, I don't know if ESPN also does it, but he has wide receiver eligibility. And that is steroids in a way, because I'll give you a hypothetical. Say you have Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. He's a running back, basically. Or Lamar Jackson. He is a running back. Okay, he's in your starting lineup. And then you have, you know, second round, maybe you took Tyreek Hill. Third round, you took A.J. Brown. And then the fourth round, you took uh, Kyler Murray. And, you know, that, that, that's already a pretty solid starting lineup, right? Yeah, especially in this six-team league you're playing in. No, no, no. These are, these are proper ADPs that I'm going <laughs> out for. I know my ADPs. I spend a lot of time with ADPs. I know my ADPs. This is a proper draft right now. And you say in your wide receiver three slot you have Cordell Patterson. He's basically a running back. I feel like dual positional eligibility is interesting when it's a position of scarcity. And obviously we talk about running back being a position of scarcity, but like a quarterback who is also a tight end, a wide receiver who is also a tight end, a kicker who is somehow a quarterback, or, or maybe if you, a, a punter, that tight end punter from Minnesota, something like that where there's a position where it benefits you to have dual eligibility or to have a player outside that position playing that position. You can already start a flex. So starting a wide receiver as a... A running back as a wide receiver is not that interesting to me. I mean, it's nice. It's a nice to have. Don't get me wrong. Like It gives your team some nice flexibility, particularly during these bye weeks. I'm not sure it's really a selling point, though. I would disagree because right now in a league, I have, like I mentioned, I have, to, I have Lamar Jackson. I have Tyreek Hill. Yep. I have A.J. Brown. And Cordell Patterson's in my wide receiver three spot. My running backs, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, and DeAndre Swift is in my flex. I have essentially five running backs. I take it all Thank back. You. Thank that you. Is, uh, I know my yeah. ADP. So. I was thinking, I, I play in so few leagues with just one flex. Um, most of them are sort of three or four flexes. I think that's that's why. But yeah, I, certainly I'm in a league where, yeah, I could see mm-hmm. that being so, handy. But then again, I like uh, I like building around receivers, so... Realistically, if you you essentially have five running backs, and you know, say you don't have a mobile quarterback, then in theory you can give yourself four running backs for the price of three. So I mean, yep. Yes, I do think Cordell Patterson's value is a little bit high, but I think his flexibility, where he doesn't need to go in your flex, and you could use your wide receiver three slot as your flex. If you have a wide receiver three slot, of course, or you can use your wide receiver two slot, but you know, for the sake of it, why, you know, if you use your wide receiver three slot as your flex, you could essentially give yourself two flexes. And I, I think that is a little bit unique for Cordell Patterson, which is why I do like having him on my roster and it would take a pretty penny to get him off my roster. I'll be honest. So let me print out some values for you uh, real fast. George Kittle for Cordell Patterson. 
I will take Cordell Patterson. George Kittle is too injury-prone. Offense is too inconsistent right now. Uh, yeah. Actually, yeah, that's a good point, Cordero. Although I I nearly had George Kittle as a buy-low in, in my tight ends. But, uh, yeah, All Cordero. Right. So, Cordell Patterson for Debo Samuel. Uh, ooh. Ooh, well, the tease for next episode. Um, I was, I was going to have Debo as my number one sell-high candidate at the moment. So... If I was selling Debo, I would want Cordero Plus. Plus, huh? Mm, that's tough. That's tough. You got it. Debo's the wide receiver too at the moment. I know Cordero's been good, but essentially you're talking about the same player here. These are two guys who are producing on long plays who are outperforming their opportunity. I understand the need for Debo because, one, I think I trust that offense a little bit more. I trust the coach. How about that? The play caller a little bit more. That's fair. But I think it's an even trade. I don't That's think he can go wrong. That's absolutely fair. I don't think he can go wrong either way. I mean, in theory, Cordell Patterson, he went undrafted. Debo Samuel, his ADP was the ninth round. I don't mind it at all. Yep. All right, Cordell Patterson. Yeah, I, I, I certainly think this is good business. But yeah. yeah. I, no, no, that's, that's it. All right, Cordell Patterson. Oh, God. Uh, for Kyler Murray. Well, fuck. See, it, <laughs> this has to be a one QB league. You talked about Kyler Murray as a, as a yeah. running back. He's not running as much yeah. this year. Oh, I want Kyler. No matter the format, yeah. give me Kyler. Unless it's the like points per Cordero Patterson league, give uh-huh. me Kyler Murray. So this one's this person's buying low on Christian McCaffrey right now. Offered him Julio Jones and Cordero Patterson. You want to say Christian McCaffrey, I don't do. you? But the Carolina, Carolina don't know how to manage him, and I don't think he's good at self-scouting his own injuries, and that's why he's now on on the IR. If you are playoff bound, 100% good deal. Correct. McCaffrey's the guy who's going to win you win you championships. Yeah. Cordo Patterson or Julio? Just straight straight. Mm, Patterson. Patterson, yeah. I don't want... Uh, I know. I remember a couple... Uh, before, during the offseason, we had Chris Allen on, and we talked about people to avoid in the first four rounds. Julio came up on that list, and, uh, you know, the fact that I avoided Julio in every single one of my drafts makes me a very happy person right now. I love Julio Jones, one of my absolute favorite players, but he is uh, not playing no, well. No, I mean, he had a phenomenal, you know, helmet catch, bouncing off the helmet. But then after that, during their game-winning drive, Julio was not anywhere near onto the field. I don't know if he re-injured his hamstring. I'm not... I think he was yeah, injured. He re-injured it again. Yeah, you know, Julio and an injured hamstring. Maybe a more iconic duo. Uh, <laughs> so this one might be more up your alley. Cordell Patterson... J.D. McKissick and Debo Samuel? Is that one what you wanted? Or did you want more on the Cordell Patterson side? Patterson and J.D. McKissick for Debo Samuel? No, it's actually the opposite. Cordell Patterson for J.D. McKissick and Debo. (laughs) Fuck me, that's a good deal. Um, I would want Debo and J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick, if your man Antonio Gibson is injured, is going to eat like a a fat guy at a buffet. Um, So, yeah, give me... um, Give me Debo and JD. I wanted more on the uh, the Patterson side. That's fair. I I do like JD McKissick and I do like Debo Samuel a lot. I would uh, I would receive them for Cordell Patterson. I know I I'm kind of breaking one of my rules here, but I would do that. Yeah, that um that rule that we talk about every time we do these trades, that's as flexible as like I before E except after C. It's like this is kind of the rule except when it's that's not. That's fair. All right, who else we got? I suppose we could debate whether this is actually a sell high because I think you're selling potential, you're selling the promise. This is like Don Draper style, sell the experience of this player 
And that's Javante Williams. Now, it looks like he could break out at any moment, but he continues to split work with Melvin Gordon. That is going to be a split backfield all season. This is another Rashad Bateman situation where the fantasy community is wish-casting something they want to happen. This is like your man, Antonio Gibson, being Christian McCaffrey in that Washington offense. As much as we want it to happen, it ain't happening. So, I think if you can get someone to bite on Javante Williams, pay overs for him now then take it. The wheels have sort of fallen off that offense. We've got Jerry Judy coming back, Cortland Sutton. Steady Teddy looks shadow of his former self. If they lose this week, I could see him maybe going to Drew Locke, and that would be even worse. So I think if you can get out from under Javante Williams, not saying they don't like him, but if you could trade him straight up for a James Conner or Josh Jacobs, gimme, gimme, gimme. All righty. So unfortunately for Javante Williams, only one trade has gone down today for the young man. And it's, uh, let's see, Javante Williams, Kenny Galladay, and Dalton Schultz for Marquise Brown. We've seen some real fluctuating values for Hollywood Brown. Yes. Like, in, he feels like a throw-in part in some trades, and he's the centerpiece here. I don't like the trade, but I would rather have those three players than Hollywood Brown. I'll be Brown. honest, I'd rather have Hollywood Brown. I don't want any of those three players. I don't want Kenny Galladay at all. Javante... Like you mentioned, he is a sell-high candidate, and uh, I feel like he should he should have been a never-own candidate. Dalton Schultz, Schultz looks decent. Yep. I wouldn't trade for him, though. So Marquise Brown. I've got Schultz as a sell-high tight end. So, yeah, maybe it is Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, with, like you're taking the RB2 that gets carries. Don't get me wrong. He gets carries. And he gets, what, an average of minimum 10 carries a game, which it's nothing to scoff at, but he's not getting touchdowns. He gets, like, somewhere between 8 and 12 yeah, carries a game. He's not going to get the touchdowns. That, that is specifically Melvin Gordon's role. I don't, I'm not sure on the complete stats on how many touchdowns he does have. I don't think he's got one yet. If he does, he might have yeah, one. Yeah, exa- exactly. Um, so that makes it so it's like, what, what are you buying right now? Okay, so he does have one touchdown. Against the New York Jets, I believe in garbage time, he had 12 carries, 29 yards, and one touchdown, which saved his fantasy performance. Uh, the most carries he had a game was 14, minimum seven. So he averages about 11 and a half carries per game. It just made... I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't fill me with confidence. He's a phenomenal handcuff. He should be rostered. Mm. So Williams has been out-touching Gordon... I think he's out-touched him in four of six games by, like, one. Uh, but Gordon is still getting more snaps than him. And now we've got Mike Boone back in this rotation as well. I think that's taking work off Williams, not Melvin Gordon. So, again, this is a speculative sell high. So, if you can sell high on the name, sell high on the experience, sell high on this guy's about to break out, I think absolutely do it. Now, finding someone to sell him for is another issue completely. And we haven't got anything in the trade calculator. So It's unfortunate. Maybe, like, a... Who, who I don't know, like Chase Edmonds, maybe you could get. If you're trading RB for RB, I think I'd rather have. Uh, I'd rather stick with what I have. So in that case, if I'm selling high on Javante Williams and I'm getting Chase Edmonds, I'd rather have Javante Williams, especially now that Chase Edmonds potentially has a little bit of a shoulder issue. I'd rather keep him on my roster now. Um, if I'm going to trade Javante Williams, I'm probably going to want a wide receiver because, of course, why would you trade running back for running back unless you're significantly upgrading? And chances are the your trade partner is not going to want to go for it unless it, of course, is like a keeper league, a dynasty league, and he's going looking for the future. But 
If it's a redraft league, chances are you're going to have to go for a. I would try to go Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. That might be a reach. I don't think we would have flexed that. That's a that's a good starting point, I think, if you were to open with that. I don't think you'd get it for that, but I think that's a really good starting point. What about uh, Jalen Waddle? Jalen Waddle had a phenomenal game with Tua. I would want to see more of it or more more potential of what it could be before I give up a running back for a wide receiver that scored two touchdowns in London against Jacksonville. Jacoby Myers? I'd rather have the running back in this case. Jacoby Myers, I mean, while they're both going to be touchdownless potential, I'll take the running back. That's a little bit more interesting. <laughs> Christian Kirk. But the wide receiver, technically a wide receiver three on the Cardinals, eh, it doesn't fill me with confidence either. Uh, yeah. Um, now, let's see. How Sterling, does Sterling, Sterling Shepard, Shepard yeah, let's see, 12, fan, 12 and a half, he has 76 yards to uh, 10 receptions. Now, he does have a rough stretch. He goes against Carolina, Kansas City, Las Vegas, and then a bye week. Yeah, so let's see, yeah, he injured himself against so Atlanta, the be throwing anyway. and then he missed New Orleans and Dallas. But other than that, he has put up a minimum of 12, 12 and a half fantasy points in half-point PPR leagues. Yeah, I'd do it. Yep. Yeah, I like I like Shepard as well. And particularly if Kadarius Tony's going to miss extended periods of time. We've already said we don't like Kenny Galladay. Um, I think Sterling Shepard for Javante Williams is potentially a deal you could pull off. You're not going to like me for this. Now, who are you, who are you selling high? DeAndre what you Swift. DeAndre Swift. I don't know. DeAndre Swift. It's a Swift. gut feeling. Why is that? That he's had it too good for too long. It's like Canada. I know. <laughs> Definitely not Lions fans. Oh, yeah, I'm those Lions fans. fans. You know, he's Jeez. like Canada right now. It's like, there's nothing wrong with it, but you just don't like it. Uh, well, I think we have differing views on Canada. I think there's a lot wrong with Canada. I think there's a lot wrong with Canada, and I don't like it. Um, <laughs> let, let me just have a look here at Because, like, I, I mean, he had 13 rushing attempts against Cincinnati last week. 13 rush attempts, which is a good number, for 24 yards. Happened to get a rushing touchdown. He had, of course, seven targets, five receptions, for 43 yards. It's good, but it's... it's. Uh, you don't happen to get a yeah, rushing he did touchdown it on the one, when you had a twice. shit rushing day. That's them giving you the, the ball to score. Line. That's like, they, they literally force-fed him the ball and said, you're scoring whether you like it or not. I think that's a positive sign, and this, this could be my bias. It's a positive sign because that's where Jamal Williams would be a better option. He's the bigger body back to just punch it in. And they want Swift to be that guy. We could talk about his rushing yards all you like. The, what I like about Swift, 11 targets, 5 targets, 7 targets, 6 targets, 6 targets, 7 targets. That's not all fantasy opportunities are created equal. Targets for a running back are more valuable than carries. I, I really like Swift and what he's bringing to the table. Uh, he's actually leading the league in receptions at the position. He's averaging 100 yards from scrimmage a game. Based it depends on how you look at it. You grand, look at a glass that, half full, then you could see a bunch of positives. If you're like me, that's a glass half empty type of person, then you're kind of looking at this with unconfidence, or no confidence, I should say. Not with unconfidence. Yeah, there you go. Uh, not, <laughs> not with unconfidence? With some, with some doubt and a little fear in there. And because of that, I feel like it's... He, I feel like... Yep. He's what Cordell Patterson so, wants to be if he was a little bit more consistent. I'll humor you with this uh, one. If you're selling DeAndre Swift high, who are you selling him for? No. Could you get Alvin Kamara? 
Yes, could but you I get. Think well, I think you probably get could get Aaron Jones. Uh, you probably could you get Najee Harris. An interesting Harris? one. Now, a Najee Harris probably would not do it. I don't. I don't think so. I wouldn't trade. I mean, you're looking at. Okay, no, Swift I for James Robinson. I would not do that, but I wouldn't trade DeAndre Swift for a running back. I would trade DeAndre Swift for Tyreek Hill. I don't think anyone's Let's doing see. that. He's going though. for. Wow. Um, hmm. Is it me or my DeAndre Swift value very high or very low? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that right now. I'm looking at the a trades good that went player down, that you want on your fantasy team. And I'm going down the list and going, wow. I don't know how that's happened. Okay, so let me list, let me just list off a couple. DeAndre Swift for James Conner, straight up. DeAndre Swift for Henry Rugg, straight up. DeAndre Swift for Marquise Brown, straight up. DeAndre Swift for Debo Samuel, straight up. DeAndre Swift for Henry Rugg, straight up. Now, I, I love the rug man yeah, as much yeah. as... DeAndre uh, Swift and T. Higgins for Austin that Eckler. Is, Actually, I can trade. get with that. You know, Henry Ruggs is averaging more yards per now game than DK it. Metcalf and Terry I'm McLaurin. I'm not surprised. I only knew that because it's sitting right in front of me wow. on the screen right now. Huh. That's interesting. We, we, we doing some Henry Ruggs talk. I've started him uh, every week since week two in um, Scott Fishbowl. And I am very pleased. Looking at his fantasy he, he had a really right nice catch. 97 yards and a touchdown. He had one 113 yards and a touchdown. His lowest so far this year was against Baltimore, 46 yards. Other than that, his next lowest was 51, uh, 60, 78. Huh. Two for 46. The um the target the targets worry me. The last two weeks he's gone three for 51 on three targets and three for 97 on four targets. We know he's a big play guy, and that's kind of what he's making his uh, his hay doing. I'd like to see a more consistent opportunity for him rather than three or four. I want to see like six targets a game for yeah. him. Yeah, that's it. I would it. sell high on him. He, he's you he's a sell high receiver. Now that we're looking at him, what say. happened? Let's see. Oh, somebody sold Henry Rux for Cordell Patterson. Okay. I would, uh, I'd like to have Cordell Patterson. Uh, let's see. Henry Rux for Sony Michelle. Okay. I think I'd rather have Henry Rux. Yes, Ruggs. me too. Yeah. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like looking at this because... You get to put yourself in it is both perspectives. I'm like, oh, I'd rather have yeah. this. Oh, I'd rather have this. Okay, I could see why you're doing this. I could see why you're doing that. Yeah. Now, I do want to mention a quick little buy low of Michael Carter, the New York Jets running back, the rookie running back, who uh, looks like he's starting to slowly take the, the, the starting role for the Jets offense. Now, I know that's not necessarily ideal or desired, but when you're – when you have potential to be a starting running back in any type of team, I think you already possess possess some type of fantasy value. And I think Michael Carter is slowly starting to do that, especially being owned in only 52% of leagues. So, I mean, of course, he, there is a half chance that he will be available for anybody to grab. And uh, unfortunately, he's not starting for anybody, so he won't be the most expensive person to poach off somebody's roster. Like right now, Michael Carter, he got traded for Young Hoku. Um, he got traded for Zach Ertz. He got traded for Ricky Hughes Jones, and he got traded for Tom Brady. Wow, I would prefer Seals. No, nah, probably just Brady of all of those. Carter's one of those guys that you would miss if you only look at the box score and watch red zone because he's looked really damaging when he's got the ball. He looks like their best player, um, and they actually are giving him the ball and seeing what he can do. And I think. Uh, if the Jets so are see, gonna do against Atlanta, season, it's going to be uh, last week was a bye week. So against Atlanta, the week week five, he had ten rush attempts. 
Uh, the week before that, 13 rush attempts. Nine rush attempts, but they got blown out 26 to 0. And then when they lost to New England 25 to 6, he had 11 rush attempts there. So he, he's getting at least 10 rush attempts per game, which, I mean, isn't bad. It's not exactly ideal. Yes, I would like to see, you know, if you're getting 10 rushes per game, 10 carries, then you need at least three touches through the air in order to compensate for it. Carter and uh, Javante Williams were in the same backfield for um, North Carolina. Might have been NC State last year in uh, in college football. Carter went to the Pro Bowl, and I thought he was the best player. He didn't win um, MVP of the, the game. I thought he was the best player uh, on either side. So I, I've been a big fan of his. I think he looks electric. And, um, yeah, I, I agree. He's a, mm-hmm. a buy-low. Yeah, I think and players that already about, had their buy he's already had his buy. become slightly more valuable, especially in trade negotiations, because it is a little bit of a chip that you can put down, when, especially when you're going against another player or when you're talking about another player. You know, instead of talking negatively like, James Scott, like Josh Jacobs, oh, he only averages 3.3 yards per carry. Instead of talking down on your opponent's player you can talk up on your player and say yeah but my player has already had his buy so it has a little bit more value now i want to say the word value but it also adds a little bit more to your side of the argument yes yeah agreed now let's hop into the two minute drill so we're going to start it off with the Tennessee Titans against Kansas City. A 3-3. Three and three. Who would have thunk against the Tennessee Titans who came away and literally snuck a victory away from the Buffalo Bills. So, I mean, of course, this is going to be a phenomenal game where a lot of fantasy players are going to be started. Anywhere from Tyreek Hill to the Mahomes to the Daryl Williams to the Kelseys to, of course, you know, the opposite side of the field. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, who has been a little bit questionable with his fantasy performances for the past few weeks, but this week he's going to be a full go. Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown, they're going to be full goes and full stars. Julio Jones, if he plays, of course, you're going to be putting him in your lineup. Of course, he's going to leave halfway with another hamstring injury, come back, make another play, then take himself out again. But let's forget for drafting Julio Jones anyway. Uh, We're going to see the phenomenal close game. A real nail-biter between the Detroit Lions, <laughs> 0-6, against the Los Angeles Rams that are currently 5-1. Uh, you might see a close one. We might see a lot of highlights if you're on red zone, more so for the Rams than the Detroit. But you're going to see a lot of highlights and a lot of fun for this one. I, I highly recommend starting anybody on the Rams' offense. Uh, uh, only DeAndre Swift on the Rams, uh, on, on the Lions, sorry. But other than that, I mean, right now, they are the only winless team, and I think it's going to stay that way for the rest of the year. I don't know. I don't see another team beating or losing to the Lions, I'll be honest. I mean, they had a couple close ones. They had a couple close ones, but uh, I, I think once you lose a couple close games, it gets demoralizing, especially when you get clapped the next week, and then you're going to get clapped the next week after that. Uh, that. That becomes a demoralizer right there and a half. One last one before... I say goodbye. I want to see how the Seahawks. Oh, I hit two minutes. That's true. That's some some Andy Reid work there. Just couldn't manage the clock well. I well, we'll start with you. Sort of you sort of left off. Um, I suppose you got to the end of your thoughts on it anyway. I'm looking forward to the Jared Goff revenge game. You said start all of your Rams. I think start the Rams defense. Start them in. Um, 
DFS, stardom, if you like to punt on the games of them, um, potentially scoring a touchdown, I think they are going to know exactly what Goff does, make life hell for him for the day, and it's going to be a sad blonde man riding off into the sunset in Detroit. For me, the game of the week is the Bengals at the Ravens, a AFC North clash. I like the Ravens in this one, but I think it'll be a, a good game, a chance to see Joe Burrow lead his offense against a... Uh, uh, put it this way, if the um, if the Bengals come to play, I think we can see that they are potentially a a playoff team this year. Um, let's look at Washington football team at Green Bay Packers. I really like J.D. McKissick in this game. I think if you can pick him up off your waiver wire, if he's there, I would say start him. Um, he has been good in even weeks, bad in odd weeks this year, but I can't see Antonio Gibson playing. I wouldn't be surprised if Taylor Heineke didn't last the game. Kyle Allen comes in, get those check down passes, get JD McKissick on your roster now, thank me later. Um, Carolina at New York might be interesting, interesting red zone game, bit of offense, but maybe not one you want to watch all of. Uh, and then let's finish on the Saints and Seattle. I think this could be a very, very poor game for Monday Night Football. Big Alvin Kamara game, though, and... Uh, We'll see Alex Collins probably under center for Seattle. We can start him with confidence. I have no interest in starting Lockett. I think Metcalf has potential. I will be starting Marcus Callaway because I am bereft of other options. And finally, I would guess that maybe the third best game of the week might be the Colts at San Francisco. Be interesting to see mm-hmm. if that As is of right Jimmy now, G quick injury Trey report. Lance. And that is two Jimmy minutes Garoppolo on the dot. is practicing. Trey Lance is not. So I think... That, I don't want to say that answers the question of who's starting, but I think it is a phenomenal uh, indicator on who will be starting for the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, I uh, I completely agree. I still think we're going to see um, some Lance this week one way or the other. Now, let's wrap it up with our prognostications. We are 0-13. Nada, last week you said Odell Beckham would blow up. I said that Boyd, Higgins, and Chase would all have 100 yards and a touchdown. None of those things happen. So what do you got for me this week? What are we going to say? I know say I said the opposite a couple minutes ago. The, the Lions win. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Fair. Fair. That is that is a bold prediction. Let's have a look here. <laughs> this, this will be... Halfway through the uh, halfway through the Carolina New York game, the teams trade quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> sick of what other, uh, what the other is putting out. Let's have a look here. Um, I want a want some with you know, want some with some balls it. about it. What do you what do you got? You got any suggestions? You know, this is a tough one because there's so many bye weeks. I think the NFL needs to do a better job separating their bye weeks. I don't know why we have six teams on bye weeks this week. You know, it should be maybe four at most. It should be two, two, two throughout the whole year. I think that makes it a lot easier. Uh, but especially when you have a long season, like really? Like teams off week five, week six, and then they have to play another 11 weeks straight. I don't understand that. Anyway. Um, ooh, I like that one. I was going to suggest that Julio Jones plays more snaps than A.J. Brown, but I think that's unrealistic. Yes, I don't know. I don't know who's practicing there and and how how that's that's looking. I'm going to go with there is yeah a, a quarterback this okay, week for six that. touchdowns. And yeah, maybe not the biggest of onion hangers, but hey, we're on th- we're zero thirteen. 
Alrighty, so of course, as I mentioned earlier, you want to be following the Sleeper Wire show on Twitter to make sure you are up to date on any type of update that comes up for everybody, whether that comes to podcasts, to articles, to your starts and sits. Of course, if you want to see my rankings and if you are questionable, because of course, we don't necessarily go over starts and sits. If you want to go over my rankings to see if you have a player that you have a question about, and aren't sure whether they should be flexed, started, and all that good stuff, you can check out my rankings on the Fantasy Pros, the Expert Pros ranking site, and you can see exactly how I specifically rank those players in order to win your Fantasy Week. Machine, where could everybody find you? Yep, as always, I am on Twitter at Sheehan Solo. That's S-H-E-A-H-A-N-S-O-L-O. You can see the great debate from this week with Michael Florio from NFL.com and the NFL Network. You can see me on Front Yard Fantasy on their game show from tonight. And if you stay tuned, you will get to see the first episode of the super exciting new project, Screen Pass, where we will be talking about a football team made up of Marvel characters. So if that's of interest to you, follow me so you don't miss it. All righty, by the end of that, good luck, everybody. Good luck, everybody.